Hi, and welcome to episode 16 of the American Coin Op podcast titled Managing Multiple Coin Laundries. I'm your host and editor of the magazine, Bruce Beggs. Developing a self-service laundry requires a singular focus on creating and running the best store for your community and its potential customers. But could you maintain that while pursuing store number two and beyond? Becoming a multi-store operator means more revenue-generating options, yes, but it also places greater demands on your time and resources. Indeed, you could find yourself spread too thin without operational and managerial help. Joining me to discuss multi-store management is Luke Williford. As a third-generation entrepreneur, he has successfully opened dozens of laundromats branded The Wash House in North Carolina and continues to grow the company, working with his team and family. Luke and his team have 30 locations today, with two more on the horizon. So let's get into today's topic. Luke joins me by phone from his office. Good morning, Luke, and welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Bruce. Thanks for having me. In my setup there, I mentioned that your company has 30 stores. Can you describe their makeup, uh, where they're located, things like that? So we have 30 locations with two on the horizon. We're consistently growing and looking at new stores. We found a model of uh, acquiring existing laundromats and renovating them. Most of our stores, on average, are about 3,000 square feet, about two employees per location, but that varies depending on the market and the revenue of the store. We're based out of Raleigh, North Carolina now. We're third generation. My grandfather had one laundromat 60 years ago, and my dad bought, purchased that laundromat from him, dropped out of college, and uh, started the Wash House laundromats and grew it to a chain of about 12 uh, about 10 years ago. And my brother Lee, brother-in-law Josh, and other brother-in-law Justice have grown the company. I manage what we call our triangle area, which is in the Raleigh-Durham area. Our total stores uh, cover about 300-mile radius here. We started in northeastern North Carolina. But I love the industry. Uh, eat, sleep, and breathe it. And uh, it is demanding as we've grown, but it's also, like you say, an opportunity to generate more revenue and uh, an opportunity to serve more more customers and an opportunity to provide employment and be employed to more families and, and help others provide for their family. Of those 30 stores, how many are you directly responsible for or play a role in managing? So I play a role in all of them, but on a, uh, on a weekly and monthly uh, basis, I have 18 stores and about 27 staff members that that I keep a real close eye on here in the Raleigh area. Every other week I'm, I'm in this, each store and uh, handling staffing issues and, and things that arise. Basically a problem solver like a lot of the uh, owners and operators who are listening. My strength is our operations, so I'm heavily involved in the, in the store operations. I spend about two days in the office and about three in the stores every week. I work very closely with my brother Lee who's our CFO and, and does a lot of the office work uh, throughout the week. Among those 18 stores, do you manage and operate all of them in the same way, or is each handled individually? Tell us how they differ and how they're alike. So we've got a standard that we're, we're trying to create, which is 100% efficiency on the equipment side. Um, every store does not have the same capacity of washers. Some of that reason is because of the square footage other reason for that is because the market doesn't call for it. 
we're in towns that have 2,500 people, and we're in towns that have 250,000 people. Each store changes, um, and because of the revenue that we do, we staff the stores differently. We try to keep uh, labor at about 10 to 15 percent of revenue, so that changes the staffed hours a little bit. At some stores, we're 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. At some stores, we're completely staffed around the clock pretty much. And then uh, at other stores, we've just got somebody there maybe six hours a day. So we're, we're a partially attended model. Every store is the same paint color, same logo, and we've, we've tried to create our brand that way. But as far as expectations from staff members, that's uh, consistent across the board. We have a very high expectation and also want to deliver the same great service whether it's in a smaller market or the larger market. Our customer experience is, is our biggest and top priority of our company. Does owning multiple stores automatically mean that you must hire help to assist you? Oh, I think when you're going from one to two, that may not be the case, but you definitely want to hire good store attendants. I think one of the things that we take for granted is how important the staff that we have there cleaning the facility, if you're partially attended or attended fully, they play a vital role in the customer experience. Um, so, and also bringing out the most in them, raising the bar for them, paying them well, and uh, expecting more of them. If you can turn your attendant into a problem solver, that will keep you from having to solve every little problem. And to do that, you've got to be willing to give them leeway and to allow them the ability to solve those problems, whether it be having a register where they can give refunds when they saw a problem occur, or whether it be having a key to the back room so they can get to the breakers to check if a breaker's gone bad. Knowing those things and really bringing out the most in your store attendants or store managers, as we call them, is crucial in gaining more locations. On the office side of things, as you bring on more locations, you're going to find more responsibility you're going to have a little larger payroll. You're going to have twice the amount of utility bills coming in. You're going to have twice the amount of, of things that you had to do when you had one store. So you may want to outsource those things, or that may be something that is a strength of yours, but it will have to be considered when you're growing from one location to another. Specific to your employees and your managers, is there a system of standard operating procedures in place in each of your stores? How are they documented, and do you provide training? We give out an employee handbook when anybody is hired by us. They are trained several days with current staff who have been with me for a long time and have been trained on training other staff. They have the responsibilities, the daily responsibilities, the weekly responsibilities, and the responsibilities that happen once a month documented. Those are looked over by me personally checked on by me personally, as well as our regional managers and technicians who go around repairing equipment. They also report back to me to make sure that store standards and the responsibilities of the staff are getting completed. And if anything is not up to standard, um, that is addressed by me or the regional manager. Now, how often do you visit each of your stores, Luke, and, and how much time do you spend there? Do you find it sufficient? I try to get to my stores most importantly, uh, not only to check on my stores, but to see my staff members. They crave my time, and I crave their time. I want to make sure that they know 
that that I'm around and I'm there for them even beyond the work. So giving them my time is very important. I'm in the stores in no precise order at least once every two weeks. Now we have regional managers who help with the collections, but I'm in the stores as much as possible. And as we grow, I'm on top of contracting out the new locations. That has taken some time, so I've really emphasized as of recent, you know, creating my regional managers to be able to build good rapport with my store attendants and do a lot of the things that I do and I did when I was in the store every week, several times a week. Uh, You can run an operation and not be there consistently, but you must be checking on it. You must be uh, financially secure, meaning knowing collections are done properly and, and checking up on that. Uh, when you make your deposits, you must also be checking that the staff are working their hours. You can do that with remote monitoring. You can run a laundromat without being there uh, several times a week successfully as long as you are taking the time to check up on things and you are taking the time uh, to manage your staff and set expectations uh, very clearly. Luke, you mentioned remote monitoring. How large a role does technology play in your ability to manage your multiple stores? Uh, it plays a key role. As of a few years ago, we got Wi-Fi at all of our locations, and one of the reasons we did that besides the customers is for our remote monitoring. I buy these cameras. We, we in-house install them, and I use the app that's free on my phone uh, to watch the cameras. This has played a key role and being able to successfully have stores open around the clock. You can know that your store is safe, the lights are on, and customers are happy by just uh, pulling your phone up and remotely checking out multiple locations without having to drive from location to location. It's a huge time saver. And then on the the technology side, we've got several card-operated laundromats. We see that as the way of the future. It allows for multiple store operations. It allows for me to send uh, regional managers to collect. You do something interesting as far as store security is concerned, using off-duty police officers to patrol. Can you tell our audience how that came about? Yeah, we were having uh, what probably a lot of our audience have struggled with if you're open 24-7 or if you're not open 24-7, it's probably because you're scared of homeless people, loitering, vandalism. So we were having that in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and I met with the police chief after having failed experience with bringing on wash house staff to secure the the facilities at night. I met with the police chief, and I said, you know, what can we do to solve this problem? And we met for a while and talked and talked, and it hit me. I said, hey, chief, could I hire police officers to come work for me? Because when we had issues, My night security person wasn't able to solve anything, and it was actually getting violent. And they would have to call 911. The police would have to come out. We were having to make several of those calls. So I said, instead of having my staff member to play the middleman, what if I could have a uniformed police officer working for me off duty? He said that would absolutely be something we could do. So I filled out the paperwork to do that. And uh, they do have a minimum pay per hour requirement as well as a time uh, requirement. So the minimum is $35 an hour, and that's the standard rate. It doesn't go up or down for everybody for off-duty. 
and uh, the time you have to give them at least four hours. So what I've done is I've staffed them from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. every night of the week. And if I only had one store, I don't think I could justify this expense. But the police officers go from location to location, uh, checking on the facilities, uh, making sure uh, that everyone in there is safe. And customers have given us many compliments once they realize that police officers are there for them and are hired by the wash house. It really goes a long way. I'm sure your customer base appreciates that added level of security. And speaking of customer base, when you have multiple stores to take care of, how can you make sure you're communicating with your customers and that you're providing the level of service that they want or need? It goes back to communicating with my uh, staff as well as dropping by the stores to what, what I call check the pulse of the store, making sure on the front end that you hire, train, retrain, and maintain good quality people well-rounded people with a good position. Humble people people is, is who we try to get as our attendants. An attendant is either attracting new customers or they're repelling customers away. The number one rule for my staff is to meet two new customers by name every day. Hmm. So okay. that is the number one rule in my, in my handbook that we have that has, you know, 50-some-odd tasks. So if a cleaning responsibility gets overlooked, that's not as important as a new customer uh, building a relationship with them. Because, for example, I've got a tenant named Deborah. Well, the customer doesn't think they're coming to Luke's store. They're going to Deborah's store. So if Deborah can build a, a relationship with them, that really goes a long way. As we've grown larger, we also want to grow small, if that makes sense, in the communities we serve. But our, our tenants are by far the most pivotal part of our customer experience and, and keeping uh, customers happy. How is maintenance and cleaning handled in your stores? Is it handled within each store or by a person or someone who's assigned that duty for more than one of your stores? Our store managers, they handle everything at their store. So while they're on their, their responsibility is to clean from the parking lot all the way in. That includes behind the dryers. That includes cleaning the lint screens of the dryers every day. That includes sweeping and mopping the floors, taking the trash out. It's all documented. We do not micromanage or have them write down every time that they take the trash out or every time that they've cleaned the restroom uh, because we think that takes away from time that they could be using uh, doing more staff or being present inside the store. And we don't do wash, dry, fold. A lot of wash, dry, fold owners will ask me, well, what do your attendants do while they're there? And they clean, and they clean, and they clean some more, and they also uh, carry clothes. They help customers with any problems that they have, and they build relationships with the customers uh, to make sure that customer has had a pleasant experience and comes back. We've talked a lot about responsibilities, both in terms of ownership and of a manager or an attendant. Luke, does it become increasingly necessary for a store owner to delegate responsibilities to others as they add more stores? Absolutely. I don't change as many diaphragms or clean as many dump valves or replace as many parts as I used to. Although I enjoy that aspect of the business, as we've grown, I've had to delegate that out to my regional technicians uh, who handle those things. 
Also, some of my store attendants have learned the ability to fix and repair small mechanical issues, which helps out a lot and allows them to make more income. So you've got, absolutely got to delegate responsibilities. If fixing things is your ultimate priority and, and that's something that you like to do, um, then you could continue to do that, but you'd have to delegate other responsibilities. As you grow, you've got to make sure you're steering the ship in the right direction and uh, that you don't get caught up doing things that you could, could hire to be done. Looking back on your multi-store experience to date, Luke, if you could do it all over again, what's the one thing you'd do differently? One of the mistakes we've made is uh, not bringing on key staff members uh, soon enough. And also, it took me a while to trust, trust but verify staff members to collect for us. And by doing that, I spent countless hours, weeks on the road collecting when if I would have had the, the trust and verification there or been on a card payment system where you don't have to collect the coin boxes as often, it could have really saved us a lot of time, and that time could have been used uh, in other areas, uh, growing and making the business more efficient. One of the other biggest mistakes, Bruce, is the location. You've got to make sure before you go into business, and the listeners, I can't tell you enough, you don't want to throw a party and nobody come. You've <laughs> got to make sure... Yeah. You've got to make sure the market is there for the service. You've got to make sure that the market is underserved. If there's an operator serving the market extremely well, it's going to be uh, difficult. Not impossible, but difficult. Um, there's plenty of markets in our country that are underserved. Find one of those markets. Uh, get with your distributor. Make sure that they're underserved. You want to make sure that the demographics and the people are there and the market is there before you make the significant investment to open a laundry or open a second laundry. Luke, I have one last question for you before we wrap things up. If you could give one piece of advice to a store owner who's preparing to become a multi-store owner for the first time, what would it be? You've got to have risk tolerance. You've got to be able to operate a business that you're not at all the time. You've got to be able to trust your staff and staff members. You've got to be able to delegate responsibilities, and the sky's the limit. More locations equals more revenue, but you've got to be able to sleep at night knowing that you weren't at one of your locations that day and trust your manager or manager's ability to run another store. So before you open multiple stores, come to peace with the fact that you won't be able to be at that store from open to close and uh, make sure that that's something you're willing and able to handle and make sure that you're willing and able to handle and trust other people with your business. If you do that and you, and you trust other people, you train them well and trust them, you're going to be able to make exponentially more revenue and make more, more money in this business. Luke Williford, you're active on Instagram and Facebook with the handles at Luke F. Williford and at The Wash House, Inc. People can find consistent motivational videos, pictures, and other content on faith, family, and laundry there. So I encourage you listening to today's podcast to check those out. With that, I'll say thank you, Luke, for sharing your expertise in multi-store management. A lot of great information. Have a good one. Thank you so much. 
And thank you for listening to today's episode, Managing Multiple Coin Laundries. The American Coin-Op Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazine's LLC in Chicago, with music written by Nazar Ryback and provided by Hook Sounds. You can learn more about our monthly podcasts at our website, AmericanCoinOp.com. And I encourage you to send your feedback and topic ideas to me at my email, bbags at atmags.com. For American Coin Op, this is Bruce Beggs saying your cycle is up. <laughs>